This story is fresh, as it just happened a few minutes ago, but I will try my best to give you all the details. So, I'm a Pokemon Go player. I was a mild fan of the franchise as a kid, and now, in my mid-twenties, I find it allows me to get out of the house more often and do stuff that doesn't involve, well, my house. If you have played the game, you know there's these places called gymnasiums, where you can place one of your Pokemons to earn you a max of 50 in-game coin per 24 hours. It's quite the popular feature in the game. However, since I live in a huge European city, there are many, many players to compete with in order to secure a spot at these gyms. The reason why I'm telling you all this is to let you know why in the world I would brave the cold winter of my metropolitan city at 3am. You see, it's not just that I'm stupid, it's also because I know most people are asleep, which in turn allows me to quickly defeat all the Pokemons in the gym and place my own. I have been doing this for a few months and I've been quite successful. So tonight, the routine was the same. Got dressed, got my coat, my scarf, and my black leather gloves. I went out and made my way to the first of three gyms in my area that I usually conquer in the game. It's actually quite fascinating to observe people that wander the city at these hours. Well tonight, I was going to meet a special guy. I arrived at the first gym, which was a small street that curves to the right for quite a stretch. I empty it and place my own Pokemon aside. Afterwards, I linger around the area, taking off the gloves to scratch my head, but overall just managing the game and looking things up. Some cars go by, and that's when I see him. This guy, clearly over six foot, making his way down the street. Now, these are just my country standards, but everything about him screamed, thug, ready to knife you, sporting a black cap at night, concealing his face with a shadow, padded black jacket with dirty blue jeans and rip-off Timberland boots. My immediate reaction was to keep it cool and natural and just calmly place my cell phone back into my pocket. As he went past me, he gives me this, what the fuck are you looking at, kind of look. I couldn't help but give him a small sideways glance as I put my glove back on my hand. I started walking to the next gym, which happened to be in the same direction he was walking towards, and he, to my surprise, started speeding up. Then he pulled out his cell phone and tried to phone someone. This immediately reminded me of my girlfriend, as it was a common tactic she uses when she feels like she's being followed by strangers. Whoever he tried to phone, however, did not pick up. He looks back at me keeps walking, increasingly faster. He switched sides and starts walking in the middle of the road, effectively distancing himself further and allowing the parked cars to get between me and him. And then, abruptly, he stops. He turns around and asks, Hey friend, you know how I can find transportation at this hour? I'm awkwarded out and freaking out at the same time, so without even looking at him, I just said, At this hour? Only Uber. He starts walking, only when I pass him. Then it hit me, from my perspective, he was a thug looking dude that could have very well tried to rob me and potentially harm me. But from his perspective, I'm a 6 foot dude in his mid 20s that for some reason decided to pocket his phone the moment he walked past me, then gave him a sideways what the fuck are you looking at glance as he passed as I put on black leather gloves and started following him, with not a single person awake around. Looking like a hitman or serial killer. As anxious as I was, he must have been terrified enough to try to phone someone or pretend to. 
and then initiate dialogue with a total stranger at 3 a.m. just to be sure that I wasn't a psycho about to knife him. We walked together in the same direction for almost 10 minutes after that without looking or talking to one another. Just two awkward guys who did not want to meet. Just two awkward guys that did not want to meet each other ever again. This happened a few hours ago during my night shift and for some reason was so disturbing to me. I'm a police officer in a big city, so I've had to deal with some pretty awful sights and smells while doing this job, usually on a daily basis. This, however, was something even more unusual. There is a large homeless population in the city with mental health and substance abuse being a common issue among this population. It isn't uncommon to see a homeless person suffering from mental illness acting strange late at night, and if they aren't hurting themselves or anyone else, that's fine with me. It's around 11 p.m. and I'm stopped at a red light on a very quiet and dark road. I'm the only car on the road. I look to my right, just observing the street, and see a skinny man in ragged clothing on the sidewalk. His feet were planted on the ground, belly arched towards the sky, and their hands planted on the ground over their head. I thought, huh, interesting. While holding this position, the person snaps her head towards me, then looks towards the sky and proceeds to do the fucking exorcist spider walk up the street at a speed which seemed like this was the only way they walked. I merely thought, what the fuck, as this man navigated the sidewalk in horror movie fashion. I have no idea why that style of walking is so disturbing, but Jesus Christ did it bring back childhood memories of the exorcist movie scaring the shit out of me. My partner and I are trying to do an all-nighter to prepare him for his night shift tomorrow. He does the odd shifts here and there with a temp agency as he is a student. We thought it would be a good idea to walk to the corner store at midnight to keep us awake. And I had a small parcel I could post in the post box while we were at it. The corner store with the said post box is around a five minute walk from my home. It's a super quick walk and our neighborhood is pretty safe. We leave the house, telling his sister whom we live with that we're going to pop out. Everything was fine. I hold the package in my hand and when we walk to the shop, we're crossing the road when we see that in the parking spaces outside, there is a van between two cars with its lights on. And when getting closer, there are two adults inside. We walk past the front windshield and when getting out of the line of sight, we hear the van door open and a man shout, Excuse me, you dropped something. The tone was off, and I just got bad vibes. My partner and I looked behind us, and the door slammed, but our view of the van was obstructed by another car. I couldn't tell if the person had sat back in the car or was outside the door. My partner went to walk and check, but I couldn't see anything on the floor from where we stood, so I stopped him. I put my package in the post box, and we crossed from the box, instead of walking back past that windshield again. When across the road, my partner said he saw a male standing outside of the van and walking in front. We got really bad vibes from this and tried to tell ourselves that he was just looking to see if we in fact dropped something, but we had only left the house with my package and my phone, nothing else. We didn't drop anything. When across the road and almost on our street, we saw the van pull out of the parking space and speed up the road towards us. 
I immediately called his sister and made it clear that I was on the phone while rushing back to our house. They sped up the road past us, going way over the speed limit. Although we didn't share a conversation, we both got the worst vibes from this encounter. I'm confident I didn't drop anything and that they were waiting by the van door for us to turn back and get closer. I just feel shaken up to be honest. When I was five, I would walk to the school bus every morning. One morning, two men in a car drove up to me asking, have you seen our dog? Obviously, they didn't have a dog, but me being an idiot, I say, well, what's the breed? Husky. Oh, I haven't. Why don't you come with us to find the puppy? I was about to get into the car. The guy had a hand on my arm to help me in when I saw my bus, which came super early. I told them I had to go to the bus and ran to the bus before it left. About a week later, two young girls were found in a field, sexually assaulted and beaten with a large object. One dead, but the other one survived telling the cops she was asked to find a husky. To this day, I think if the bus didn't come as early as it did, I would be dead or worse. The following happened last summer, and I haven't told anyone about it yet for some reason. But anyway, I was taking late night walks, especially during the summer. And one night, I was taking an unusual route, which I'd regret later. It was about 11pm, and the sun had already gone down, but it wasn't completely dark yet. The road I was walking was quite long, and at the end of it, I could see someone walking towards me. I didn't think much of it. When he was about 90 feet away from me, he starts to run. He just looked like he was jogging, and I thought that's what he was doing, so I didn't really react to it. As he got closer, I saw that he was holding something in his hand, and now I started to suspect something, but I just thought it was my imagination running wild again, so I continued to walk. When he was finally about to run past me, he suddenly stopped for a few seconds. I could see that he was staring at me. He walked up to me and said something that will haunt me forever. Why didn't you run? I could have killed you. You should run the next time. As he was standing there next to me, I could see the object he was holding was a stick taser, like the ones that the guards use. I still wonder what would happen if I had trusted my instincts and started to run. About a couple years ago, I took my dog on a walk on a regular route. She's quite small, a chihuahua mix who loves people. To get to an actual hiking area, we needed to go through a walking path beside the golf course. There's normally a ton of people walking their dogs, but there were only a couple of them out that day. There are some trees and shrubs along the way and a section that is completely blocked off from view in the middle. My dog and I are walking through this part when she starts growling, she immediately stops and begins to snarl. An old, disheveled woman holding something behind her back emerged from behind the trees and had a grin on her face, reaching one hand out and trying to pet my dog. My dog takes one look at her and starts barking and snarling. She had never been very protective before, so I just stood there in shock. She kept mumbling, touch, touch, so I nervously just backed off and practically sprinted back. A person who had encountered her before me, 
who had taken another route back, saw me upset and nervous as well. He asked me if I encountered her too. I said yes, and he told me that she was potentially dangerous and that he didn't know what she was holding behind her back. Safe to say, I avoid going there under any circumstances. Earlier tonight, my girlfriend and I decided to go to a local scenic location where people used to hang out called Pot Rocks in Central Maryland. However, it was late and the parking lot was currently closed, so we decided to cut through the woods using the trail my friends found when we were younger. Going back at least seven years later, it was much more overgrown and the tree stand that was once functional was completely destroyed. As we were making our way through, I started feeling increasingly uneasy. Neither of us are really fearful of being in the woods at night. In fact, we do it all the time, but something felt different. I started to joke around about how there was a creepy vibe, and we both laughed it off. About 100 yards later, as we were walking, we heard something large and quiet moving fast behind us, maybe 35 yards back. We stopped and both pointed our lights towards the direction, but couldn't see anything. We kept walking, but I could tell neither of us wanted to continue. We decided to turn around, and as we were walking back, we saw a set of eyes that was so frightening that both of us said nothing and hustled forward from where we came from. Once we made it back to the car, we both were sure that what we heard was not a deer, and neither were the eyes. We also both felt like we were being observed. She also had another strange encounter in those woods, not far from where we were, where someone was throwing rocks at them. We both agreed that there's something not right about the area and don't intend on going back at night. About two years ago, me and my then-girlfriend Emily would go out for walks. She would do this in her hometown as it was safer than mine, and she had not long been living with me and my parents in my, let's say, not-so-safe town in the middle of the country. So that evening came and I just got home from a stressful shift when M said to me, can we go out for a walk? I asked why and she responded with, well I kind of want to go to Tesco because it would be nice to get some fresh air. I reluctantly agreed, maybe the walk will help me de-stress and with the summer nights having a nice breeze, it can't be that bad. At least I thought anyways. We head out, saying goodbye to my mom and her giving us the usual talk. Be safe, be quiet when you come in because we'll be asleep. And being a teenager, I replied, my typical, yeah, sure, mom. We left Tesco, but Emily needed to be out and hadn't been satisfied, and she asked, is there anywhere around that's kind of quiet, like a park or field? I stood there, drinking my water, trying to decide where we can go. Uh, there's a field next to the lake. We can go there. And off we went. Arriving to the fence that connects to a path leading to a wooded area, but also an open area. I forgot that it would be so dark here, but as luck would have it, I had my dad's heavy duty flashlight, like the ones police use. Emily had her phone flashlight to help her see. We walked down the now lit path, coming to a bench under a tree. My ankle, that I broke a few years prior, was in excruciating pain, so we sat down for a few minutes. Emily cuddled up next to me and started to kiss my neck, which led to making out, etc. 
Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed a flashlight, but I ignored it, and we continued. Then it happened again. I got up, now anxious and curious about the flashes, and suddenly a cyclist rode past us with his lights flashing, which spooked us. We chuckled and kept walking around to find another bench, as we felt our privacy had been ruined a little bit. Now sitting in a more lit area next to the street lamp, we decided to sit close and chat, and we did this for about 10 minutes when we heard like a twig snap under a heavy foot. Already being on edge from the flashes earlier, I decided to check it out, telling my girlfriend to wait there, and left her with a flashlight for some comfort. Big mistake on my part. I neared the edge of the hedge when I saw a man's foot slightly around the corner and his phone in hand. Flash. Shit. I muttered under my breath, realizing we were being stalked. He stepped out towards me, his face covered. I was only able to make out that he was wearing a colored jacket with a black band around his arm and almost looked like tape and his brown scuffed up Timberland boots. I freaked, turned to my girlfriend and told her to get up and run. With no hesitation, she took off towards the houses at the edge of the field, dropping my dad's light. I ran, picked up the light, and turned to see the guy a little less than arm's reach from me. I'm not a small guy, tall stocky, but he was bigger, and in trying to fight him, I'd likely lose. So I decided to run. I finally caught up to her, and by the time I did, the guy was long gone. Tears streamed down Emily's face as we continued to walk home, looking over her shoulder all the time. After explaining to my mom what happened, and deciding no more late walks, she suggested ringing the police, but we decided against it as I didn't even see his face. About a month later, I was walking home with a friend that I had made at college, and we were going through the same field. We happened to notice a tent on our path, being nosy I looked to see the jacket with a black band and worn Timberland boots. Before I begin, I feel it's important to know that I'm female, about 5'3", somewhat thin, and not a very intimidating looking person. This happened to me back in the summer of 2014. I was walking home from a friend's house on a kind of a cool night. My friend lives a little further than a mile away from me, so it's a bit of a longer walk. To give you some idea of what my route looks like, I have to go on a half block of creepy back roads, turn onto a barely lit main road, cross the main highway, and go down a creepier non-lit back road to get to my house. There is this little hill I have to go down that passes our little local ice cream shop and a trucking dispatcher. I was passing the ice cream shop when I stopped after clearly hearing what sounded like a gunshot at first, I thought it was a hunter, since hunting was very popular in our town. But after I thought about it, it dawned on me that no one would be hunting at 10 at night and in city limits. The next thing that happened only confirmed to me that it wasn't a hunter. He's dead, in the most horrific sounding scream. I heard what sounded like a man panicking about a few blocks behind me. I presumed that he did it and it was an accident, but I'm not willing to find out. I was panicking a bit and started to speed walk since all I had to do was cross the highway. Something I should add, before I came close to the highway, I had to make sure it was clear from both sides. Anyways, I turned around to see a man standing about maybe a block or so away, just facing my direction. It was difficult to make out any facial features since the lighting was shit, 
Something must have clicked in his brain because no sooner than I saw him, he started to speed walk towards me. Now, the thought of me being a 14-year-old girl in the middle of the night with some potential crackhead rapist in front of me scared me shitless. I said to myself, fuck this shit, I'm out, and darted straight up the incline through the intersection of the highway, not looking back. I bolted down the hill of my creepy back road and ran straight into my house, just barely able to breathe. My mom was very confused and very creeped out when I had told her about my experience. It makes me thankful that my back roads aren't lit. I believe this man was trying to follow me, but stopped because he couldn't see me. I still go to my friend's house at that same route, but never alone at night. If I have to, I always make sure I'm biking. After that night, I never walk anywhere in the town at night. I always bike. This happened relatively recently, and I decided to share it now because it's been nagging at me in the back of my mind for the past few days. It wasn't terrifying, but it was definitely freaky enough to send a shiver down my spine. My older sister, we'll call her Stacy, lives in Missouri, and the rest of my immediate family lives in Illinois, so we didn't get to see her often, but sometimes she would visit. One of these times was back in November. Stacy, my mother and I decided to go to the mall because my birthday was coming up and they wanted an idea of what to get me. We had just came out of some jewelry store where I picked up a ring and this skinny, sick looking man blocked our path down the hallway. The guy had a really creepy smile on his face and I was super uncomfortable. He turned to my mom, I like your hair miss. My mom's hair is beautiful. It's got very pretty tight curls and slightly gray in the front, but isn't anything out of the ordinary. This was odd to me and I just had a horrible feeling in my stomach. This guy had to be more than 25 years older than my mom was, which was her late 40s. It was just weird to me. My sister didn't seem to have the same feeling I did because she turned to me and tried to suppress her laughter. Thank you, my mom smiled like the polite woman she is and the man continued. It's pretty. He reached out to actually touch her hair. We are complete strangers, mind you. My mom backed up uncomfortably and thanked him again before pushing past him quickly. Stacy was still amused by the situation and we just kept walking. That's when the man called out to us. Miss. My mom ignored him and we started walking a little faster. Stacy tugged my arm and had me stand behind my mother alongside her just to make her feel more comfortable. We assumed everything was fine, but when I looked back, that guy was walking a few paces behind us, not smiling anymore. It freaked me the hell out. I was extremely afraid, and I was shocked how calm both my sister and mother were being. We eventually looked down a mini hallway where there was a closed community bathroom, and we all entered it, shutting the door behind us. I thought this was a horrible idea, I thought he would follow us inside. After a few minutes, however, it was obvious that the man wasn't going to come inside the restroom. I peeked outside and cracked the door, and he was standing across from the bathroom door, looking off into the distance, leaning against the railing. He was waiting for us. I felt like we had trapped ourselves. I closed the door again. Mom, this guy's waiting for us. My sister looked very worried and suggested calling her dad just as another woman walked into the restroom. Hey, my mom caught the woman's attention. I'm sorry ma'am, could we ask you a favor? It took a few seconds of confusion before the woman nodded her head. 
Did you happen to see this African-American man out there with a blue hat? Mom asked, continuing when the woman nodded again. He's been following us. Is there any way you can find an officer to help us out? The woman's eyes were wide and she replied, Yeah, of course, before briskly leaving the bathroom. In a matter of minutes, my father had been called and briefed about the situation and the lady re-entered the room. I got a cop out there and the guy is gone. Are you guys okay? My sister started to explain the situation to this woman. My mom was still on the phone and the lady understood how shook up we were and asked if we would like her to escort us out. My mother shook her head and my sister politely declined. I stayed quiet. I still wanted to be protected, but I was younger than both of them and trusted their judgment. All right, stay safe. The woman nodded and entered the stall. Since we had kept her from using the restroom the first time she came in, we left the bathroom after thanking her and decided that that was enough mall for the day. We went home and recounted the story of my brother and father, who up until then had only heard bits and pieces. I was just glad we got home safe, but I still psych myself out sometimes about it. What would have happened if we hadn't gone into the bathroom? What if the woman wasn't there to help us? What if it had only been my mother? It may have played out very, very differently. I'm 19. I was in a mall in France with my friend in the afternoon around 4 p.m. After a few hours in the mall, we decided to go home. For that, we had to take the subway. The subway station was underneath the mall, so we took the escalators down to go to the station. She was behind me at my right on the escalators. I suddenly felt someone staring at me and being really close to me. I naturally thought it was my friend, but it wasn't. I turned my head and saw my friends looking at the man who was standing behind me. I first thought he wanted to overtake me and go faster up the escalator, so I moved to let him pass. At this point, I'm on the right of the escalators and my friends are just behind me and the man is in front of me at my left. But weirdly, he wasn't watching in front of him. He was turned around to stare at me. At this point, I understood that he didn't want to go faster, but just being close to me for some reason that I didn't want to know. My friends and I were a little bit confused. We were talking to make things a little less awkward. As we walked off the escalators to take the stairs that finally lead to the station, the man was still in front of us and suddenly stopped walking. He turned around, stopped me, asked me where the mall was, which made no sense as we were just in it. I politely told him that we were still in the mall. Then he started to talk faster as he saw we wanted to go to the station. He was next to me and asked me if I wanted to become his mistress. He seemed thrilled and tried to convince me by saying he would buy me a lot of clothes and that I would become his doll. At this point, I knew I better run away with my friend. We started to run, took the stairs as fast as we could and entered the station. We stopped to check if he was following us. Fortunately, he wasn't. A few weeks later, I was on a train with another friend. We were talking about the mall, saying that we should go together someday. As we were talking about the mall, I told her what happened to me the last time I went. She seemed confused and asked me to describe the man. So I described him as a white, chubby short man, mid-fifties with gray short hair. She looked at me even more confused. She then told me that the last time she was at the mall with a friend of hers, a man who looked exactly like my description came up to them. 
He asked them for the directions of the mall. After they answered him, they went to a McDonald's that was in the mall. They were ordering from the machine and noticed the man was standing behind them. My friend turned around and asked him why he followed them. He then started to say some incoherent things and finally asked them for their numbers, saying to them how attractive they were. They both told him to leave, but he didn't. He finally left due to the amount of people that were entering the place. I haven't been back to the mall since because of lack of time and the quarantine, so I don't know if he's still currently hanging out there. The next time I go there, I will check if he's there or not. If he is, then I'll make an update. I know that those things kind of happen a lot, but I felt insecure that day and wondered what would have happened if less people were around us. So I just found this subreddit and it reminded me of a time where I was like probably 18. That being said, I was no longer in the safe minor squad. I was a legal adult in the eyes of the law. This is often a stressful time for a woman as accusations of sexual assault aren't taken as seriously, unfortunately, but I digress. I was sitting at the mall eating lunch, waiting for my boyfriend at the time to show up. I was alone, which was normal, so I wasn't really phased. What wasn't normal is when I looked up and saw a group of like five or six guys approaching me and sitting down with me at my table and the tables next to me at all angles without asking. They were constantly looking around, acting real sketchy, and were badgering me to talk to them, so I felt really awkward. They keep trying to talk to me and were giving me creepy compliments, asking for my number, the usual. So of course, despite having my phone directly in my hand, I was like, sorry, I don't have a phone, hoping they would get the hint. When they told me that they were in their early 20s and late teens, they asked me how old I was. I said I was 16. And they're like, that's okay with me. And naturally by then, I was extremely concerned. Luckily, shortly after, the cops and the mall cops showed up and I immediately made it clear that I was uncomfortable and not involved with them. Apparently, they were stealing and causing trouble all over the mall. Thankfully, they were removed and my boyfriend ended up showing up shortly after. Everything turned out okay and I don't think they were actually going to try to hurt me with a bunch of people around. But you never know. It was definitely a freaky encounter, for sure. Don't know whatever happened to them after that. Keep in mind throughout the story, there's a mall that is basically a big circle with a food court in the middle where you can walk across to get to the other side of said circle. I live about an hour and a half away from that mall. When I was 16, I had asked my dad to drop me off at the mall along with my siblings, 8 and 14, while he worked. He agreed and dropped us off at the north entrance. As we walked in, we saw this man that seemed like he wasn't really there mentally, but we ignored him. We walked around the mall for a while, but we kept seeing this man pass us. Sometimes he'd be either in front of us or behind us, usually in the distance. I decided to shrug it off because... Like I said before, he didn't seem all there. About an hour later, we went to the food court and got some food. He appeared in the line behind us, and that's when I started to get really weirded out. I told my younger siblings to stay close, and so they did. We finally got our food and chose a spot to sit. 
As we were eating our food, I see this man pacing back and forth near our table. So I packed up our food and told my siblings that we needed to go. We stand up and he started to head towards us. That's when this little old lady at the table next to us tells us to come over and join her. We agreed. I told her about the weird man and she said she noticed him eyeballing us and didn't want us to get hurt. It's been a little over a year and a half since this incident, but I still think about the old lady. She saved our lives, and I'm forever thankful. There's this absolutely huge mall in the suburbs, which is a popular hangout spot for teens. A girl who is a friend of my acquaintance was dropped off at the mall by her parents to meet up with a friend. They were going to go hang out at the shops and go browsing. The parents were to pick them up in a few hours in a designated spot. So the friend of the girl went to the spot where they had agreed to meet up for their weekend afternoon. But the girl was nowhere to be found. The mall was relatively quiet that day because of the pandemic. She started walking around but didn't see anything. She finally reached the bottom of the escalator and heard some strange sounds. She took the escalator that was out of order. She was on the second floor and heard loud footsteps. A man had his hand over a girl's mouth. She was struggling and fighting back as he was attempting to carry her away without anyone seeing. There was this woman with him, looking around. She spotted the friend and yelled, Drop her, let's go. They let the girl go. She was disheveled and some of her clothes were torn and she was in shock. The police were called. They found that the two had been part of a human trafficking scheme that had kidnapped or attempted to kidnap young women before. So when I was about 15, my parents and I went to a family party. There was music and all the parents were dancing and asked if I would keep an eye on the five to eight kids. I lived in a small town, so I knew the kids and didn't mind watching them. The kids wanted to play tag, and me being a little kid at heart, I was excited to play tag with them. So before the game started, I agreed to be it, and they ran off. I probably should have kept a closer eye on them, but I knew the area and the people, so I didn't really think much of it. I gave them a 30 second head start, but before I began to chase them, I saw a guy I'd never seen before. He wore a weird raggy white and tan wool sweater and had a very poorly groomed beard. He stared at me, so I immediately ran off to chase the kids. After we played a few rounds, we all decided to sit down and take a break. We took a seat on some rocks outside and I noticed a strange man was sitting at a table alone, just staring at us. My this guy is bad news alarm started blaring and I took the kids inside for a minute so I could watch the man. I was staring at him through the window and he was staring back at me with unsettling eyes. After the longest minute of my life, one of the kids tugged my shirt and asked to play again. I said it was probably a bad idea, but instead, I told him to wait for a second before I made my decision. I stepped outside and noticed the man leaving. I sighed a breath of relief and told my parents what happened. And they said it's probably nothing, which I agreed, and then the kids started playing again. This time, I made sure that all the kids were in groups of two or three, and then I jumped between the groups making sure they were safe. Eventually, they were tired out and we sat on the rocks again, but the man was back. 
I was so shocked and couldn't even get out a word. The man looked at me and said, Why don't you all sit down? I like seeing you sit down. I told him to leave, but he just stared at me. Luckily, one of the kids had snuck away and grabbed my dad. My dad grabbed a couple of his friends and they told the guy to get out of there. He left and the party kind of ended after that. To the man in the sweater, let's not meet again. I didn't go to uni, but my best friend Tessa did. So of course, I wanted to go to her housewarming party after I hadn't seen her for so long. I drove to her new house, about an hour's drive from me, and met her early so we could go out for dinner and pick up some cheap alcohol and mixers for later. When we got into the house, I was introduced to some of her new housemates for the first time and picked a seat on a rusty brown sofa that looked like a dog's chew toy. It wasn't glamorous, but Tessa was so excited for her two worlds to collide. A little bit of awkwardness later, I realized that I'm the only new person and everyone knows each other. The house slowly fills up with people, drinks are poured, and the volume is rising on the speakers. A little bit of backstory, I'm in a career where I have to have an extended DBS check all the time and cannot have anything on my criminal record, not even a driving offense. I don't really know anyone, and after coming back from the bathroom, I can't find my friend. I don't really know the house that well, so I go upstairs to look for her. As I get to the first bedroom, I'm welcomed by a crowd of shrieking girls that wanted to compliment my hair and nails. I asked them if they've seen Tessa, and they said no. As I turn to leave, I'm blocked by these three guys leaning over the dresser, doing lines of coke. I'm a bit taken aback, but avoid eye contact and try the next room. In the next bedroom, there's loads of people sitting and standing and just talking. As I walk into the room further, I get shouted out by a guy that I'm letting it out. Then I'm whacked in the face with the strongest smell of weed. I walk straight back out. After doing a quick scan and still not being able to see her, I then try the bathroom on the landing and it's just another girl's chatting and giving life advice. After telling them that Craig ain't shit and he doesn't care about you, and them telling me that they didn't know Tessa, I leave to try my luck somewhere else. I'm feeling pretty lost. I can't leave the house because I've been drinking and I was supposed to stay over that night. I go back downstairs into the back bedroom, just off the extension. I open the door to the room that I'm staying in that night with all my stuff in it and it's dark and quiet. I sit on the bed, get out my phone and start texting my boyfriend. Stuff like how I wish I didn't come and how I didn't want to be there. As I'm looking at my phone, I hear the small metal from a little tiny bolt scrape across the door. I can't see the other side of the room, so I lock my phone on bright to see better and can't make out the shapes. Then I hear a guy's voice. Sorry, I just didn't want anyone else to come in. That did not put me at ease. I awkwardly laugh and try to undo the lock to go back out and quickly slip through the door. I finally get to the kitchen where there's a girl slumped on the floor, her head down, murmuring to herself. I can't just look away and just want to know if she's okay, so I reach out and hold her arm and ask her if she wants to sit on the sofa. A guy stood next to her drinking Jack Daniels straight from the bottle and tells me, she don't need to go, leave her. She's coming down and just needs a little pick me up, don't ya babe?
As he passes her a cup from the counter with pinkish looking liquid inside, everyone is just looking at me. So I squeeze past to get to the garden, which is where I found her. Three guys stood over her as she was passed out on the grass. They're taking pictures. I get a horrible lump in my throat and the three guys are laughing. Instincts kick in and I run to her, sitting her up so she doesn't choke. The guys are laughing at her, shouting, Tessa baby, look at the camera. Tessa, you're gonna love this. I don't know how she knew them, but I didn't, and I was mad. She snapped back to reality and told me that she just felt a bit tired, so she had a quick power nap. After sobering up to that, I slept in my car in fear of the strange guy locked in my room, the girls in the bedroom doing coke, the girl in the kitchen passed out from who knows what, and the fear of being there when the police came. It was selfish, but I stayed until I knew my friend was in bed and the other girls were around. I just couldn't be in that house. I'm a female and 25 years old. Back in 2011, when I was 16, I did an exchange year in the States. It was my first time being away for a long period of time, around 10 months. It was a really awesome experience and I recommend a year abroad to anyone. But I had a really creepy encounter, the one that also makes you second guess your decision making skills. I think it was a Wednesday around May or June and I had to meet a friend to go to the promenade and just walk around, eat and talk. We had church that night and he had to prepare something for service. I'm not really religious, but since my friends and my host family went to church, I went along with them. Since I didn't need to help, I decided to go to the promenade and maybe do some shopping. After he left, I walked around for a little bit, up on the beach, eating frozen yogurt and listening to some music. Then I felt a slight tap on my shoulder and I turned around, kind of expecting someone I knew. But there was this guy with blonde, short length hair that was kind of wavy, pale skin, and around 25 I would guess. If I remember correctly, he was a little shorter than me, or maybe around the same height. He said hi, and I said hi back. He asked me what I was doing here all alone, and I told him I was waiting for a friend. He nodded and asked if I wanted to walk around while I was waiting, since he had nothing to do. For some stupid reason I said yes, please don't ask me why, I'm really bad at turning people I don't know down. I got up and we started walking aimlessly, but I eventually ended up near the pier. He asked me a bunch of questions, where I was from, what I was doing here in the states, if I liked it here, if I had friends and so on. He had an Eastern European accent and I think he also mentioned that he's from Croatia or another country in that area. Eventually, he started asking me if I had a boyfriend, and when I declined, he asked me what my type was. I answered him, I like Japanese guys, I used to be kind of a weeb. And he said that he knew some Japanese guys, and that a friend of his was having a party close by. He invited me, and my stomach dropped. Up until then, I had this suspicious feeling about him, but then it changed into full stranger danger mode. I felt cold, and I remember my heart racing like crazy. I declined nervously and he asked me why. I told him I was still waiting for my friend 
but he said he'll just show me where the party is and that I could come back again later after I was done with whatever I was doing with my friend. I declined again and he asked if I was scared of him. I just answered that I didn't know when I would be done and that my friend would arrive any minute. While I was talking to him, I texted my friend to call me to get me out of the situation. But luckily he did and I kind of talked to myself because he had no idea what was going on. Just asked him where he was waiting, made up a location nearby, and then hung up. I then told the guy that my friend was waiting for me and I had to leave. He tried to get me to stay but I declined and walked away. I feared he might follow me but luckily he didn't. I don't think he believed me when I said my friend was waiting for me but screw that. I just wanted to get out of that situation. Later at church he asked me what was going on and I told him the story. He said that I was stupid for interacting with the guy in the first place, which I knew, but he's glad that I didn't do anything stupid, like actually go with him. The guy might have just been a weird dude with no bad intentions, but please don't invite underage girls to go to a party with you. It just makes you look like a creep. This happened about 20 years ago and I was reminded of the event talking with my wife. It's not so much scary as creepy and disgusting and gave me a small glimpse into what women must feel like with all these creepy dudes. So I was 25 and on my lunch break, enjoying the nice day sitting at the park in the back of my old 89 Nissan four wheel drive pickup with a sliding glass window open, jamming to some injustice for all, eating my burger and fries. This minivan pulls up and the skinny old man wearing a gray leisure suit. Think Mr. Furley's outfit in Three's Company. I know I dated myself and lost a lot of millennials with that reference. Anyway, he asks me, the very shy introverted me who normally gives you the fuck off and die glare if I'm the guy that he's supposed to meet to follow to a party. I of course said no and hoped that was that. Of course not. He comes back and asks me if I'm sure that I'm not the guy that he's supposed to meet up with. Yeah, I guess I must have forgot, right? No, I said. I'm on my lunch break. Then he asked me if I go to those kind of parties. He says with a disgusting grin, sex parties. I was disgusted and yell, no. And he was like, calm down. I was so creeped out that I just wanted to finish my lunch and go back to work when this asshole pulls up to me a third time telling me that supposedly some girl in another car in the park was giving a guy a BJ. I snapped and screamed at him, fuck off asshole, jumped into my truck and blared Metallica. The consensus from my co-workers, friends, ex-girlfriend, and now my awesome wife for 15 years and myself that there was no party and that he was, I guess, hoping to entice a 25-year-old metalhead dude to suck his dick at the park. So the creepy minivan sex party perv, you're probably dead by now, but if not, let's not meet again. My partner and I have become avid campers since our time together. We don't go anywhere too extreme and offer well-traversed campgrounds as we love meeting and getting to know the other campers. One of our favorite spots is a man-made quarry turned private fenced-in campgrounds that boast around 3,000 campsites in rural Ohio. 
This incident happened at that campground, September 28, 2019. We brought our camper instead of our tank gear, but were stuck up by the front with all the other RVs and pulled behind campers. We were bummed, but since we love spending time in the woods, we opted to spend most of the weekend hiking through the woods and visiting other campsites. Late in the evening, we were doing one of our hikes where we came up with a brilliant idea to get lost or walk with no direction and just take different paths and turns as we came across them. Since it was all fenced in, we figured there wasn't much bad that could happen. All of our twists and turns ended up taking us back to the very campgrounds where campsites are more far apart from each other and neighbor several hundred acres of forest behind the campground's fence. It was a nice quiet stroll and went on for a while. My partner noticed the porter john and stated that he needed to make a stop. I said okay and kept walking ahead, both to give him privacy and to just drink in the beautiful summer night alone. I stopped maybe 30 feet ahead down the path. A few minutes passed before something happened. As I was standing there with my back towards the porter john, I heard rustling noises behind me, then a thud. Thinking it was my partner finishing up and exiting the porter john, I waited a couple more seconds for him to catch up to me as I looked out into the woods. My partner is tall and athletic, and I heard him running behind me. I both heard the footfalls and felt him come up behind me quickly as if he was trying to spook me. I smiled and spun around really fast to look up at him and catch him right before he could touch me, but to my shock when I spun around there was no one there. No one. Not my partner. Not another person on the path. No one even in the sparse campsites with an eyesight. But I swear on my life I could feel someone standing directly in front of me. Someone or something. Just as tall if not taller than my partner. I know what it feels like to have him tower over me and I felt that same sensation. I instantly dropped my smile and froze. I didn't know what to do. I felt like if I moved I would be in serious danger and I felt like I suddenly couldn't hear anything. It just felt like time stopped and I didn't even want to breathe. The air got heavy and tense, almost like it got very humid very fast. Just when I felt the tension was at its peak, my partner exited the porter john and loudly started talking to me while walking over. As soon as he was within 8 feet of me, the sensation of someone standing in front of me disappeared. The air cleared and the heaviness quickly dissipated. The whole incident couldn't have been more than 20 seconds, but it felt so much longer. I said nothing as we continued to walk, shaken. I asked to go head back to the camper. I generally believed that if I had walked in a bit farther ahead, or if my partner had just taken a minute longer, I wouldn't be typing this. I lived in the Pacific Northwest in Kitsap County, Washington. Since then, I've always lived on the edge of a body of water mainly the Great Lakes, Erie, and Ontario. I currently live in a country that has been previously mentioned in one of the missing 411 cases. I can't help but feel that I dodged a bullet that night, even though I had no idea what could have been facing me at the time, and I didn't discover the missing 411 phenomena until this year. I'm grateful for my partner every day and view him as my protector. Hi all, I ran into Pilates' work a few months ago from a YouTube video that mentioned him and Missing 411. I've yet to read his books but I've seen his movies and had a deep dive on his YouTube channel to learn some more. 
A common component from people's experiences seems to be an inexplicable feeling of foreboding or of being watched. I had experienced something along those lines when I was hiking in the Alabama hills two years ago. I have never spoken or written about this experience before and I'm honestly struggling to make sense of it. I was on my way back to California from two weeks of camping, sightseeing in Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho. I wanted to camp in the Alabama hills before driving through Yosemite and back to my home in the Bay Area. However, I spent the night before camping in the Antelope Island State Park in Utah. Then I did some shopping in Salt Lake City before I decided to take the Highway 50, the loneliest highway, through Nevada, and then a quick drive through Great Bison National Park before crossing the border into California. By the time I got to the Alabama hills, it was dark, and I didn't want to mess around with trying to find a campsite in the dark, unfamiliar terrain, and I really wanted a shower, so I decided to get a motel room for the night in Lone Pine, California. The following morning, I was up before the sun, figuring there'd be some spectacular sunrise photos to be had from Alabama hills. After driving around and taking pictures, I thought I would go for a hike to stretch my legs and exercise the dog for a bit before the long drive to Yosemite. There's an arch formation that didn't seem too far off the hike, so that was my intended destination. I had the dog off leash and we were well on our way, maybe 200 yards from the truck, when suddenly, my dog stops in the middle of the trail and just freezes, staring at something up ahead. I walk up to him and stop, trying to see what he's staring at. The sun was sort of in my eyes and I couldn't really make out anything. Suddenly, my dog got his hackles up and bares his teeth, starts growling and lets loose a frantic volley of barking. Thought that it must be a predator, coyotes, maybe a mountain lion or something, so I immediately reached for my pepper spray. Now, my dog is no stranger to nature. I've had him for four years at this point, and he's been in more national parks than almost anyone I knew. We racked up a lot of miles together, and I can read his body language very well. I've seen him scared from fireworks, but I've never seen him get aggressive at anything. He's not a barker by nature, unless UPS is delivering at my house, or the doorbell goes off. He's part terrier and has a strong prey drive, so he will go after anything that runs away from him. Cats, squirrels, birds. But he's also a big pussy and won't generally mess with bigger animals. The day before, we had walked past a herd of bison and he didn't utter a peep. So to see him just absolutely frantically aggressive and scared at the same time just baffled me and it immediately started ringing alarm bells. Now, I don't know if it was feeding off my dog's energy, but I suddenly got this very deep sense of foreboding, like something was watching and hunting me. It instantly triggered my fight or flight reflex, mainly flight because I still couldn't see anything. Now, I'm 40 years old, grew up in the middle of a civil war. I was a bona fide gang member in my teens. I'm a US Army infantry veteran and I've been working as a security contractor since I separated from the service. In short, I've seen some stuff and I have some faith in my fighting abilities. This was one of the few times in my life where I was really scared for my life. Legs wobbly, can't breathe kind of scared. I transferred my pepper spray to my left hand and drew my pocket knife into an overgrip on my right hand. I was kicking myself for leaving my Glock 19 behind in the truck. We were at a standoff for what felt like an eternity 
but it was probably no longer than a minute. My dog, alternating between staring and barking, still with his hackles up, head down, teeth bared, all classic signs of aggression. I tried to coax him forward, but he wasn't budging. I was also reluctant to turn my back just in case it was a mountain lion, and I didn't want to trigger the attack, so I started retreating, face and body still facing forward. I started stepping backwards. My dog also started stepping backwards right next to me, still growling, still with his hackles up. We backtracked maybe 20 yards around this rock formation when my dog suddenly bolts back to the truck. You know that joke about two guys and the bear and just needing to run faster than the other guy? Well, I was the other guy. And the absurdly comical thought that passed through my head was, You little shit, you just left me to be Ian. My dog was gone. I wasn't as fast as him, and I couldn't remember the last time I ran, but I ran after him, downhill, full on scared for my life, sprinting, and another absurd thought popped in my head. If I trip now and accidentally stab myself with my own knife, my mom's gonna laugh at my funeral. Finally, the terrain opens up, and I can see my truck and my dog stopped and looks back at me, no longer in an aggressive posture. So I come to a stop and turn around, ready to fight whatever was chasing me. Nothing. Not a damn thing. I've never told the story to anyone else because it makes me sound like a big pussy, but the fear was very real. Even just typing this up and recounting this, I'm getting shivers and the tingly feeling, and I probably have elevated blood pressure right now. I've never seen my dog act that way before, so maybe I was just feeding off his energy and his fear transferred to me. I don't know. I can't explain it but it's one of those few times in my life that I felt like prey. I don't go unarmed in nature anymore. I do have a license to carry, but very often when I'm out there, I didn't bother to carry a firearm. Prior to this incident, I thought the biggest threat I would encounter were other people, so I usually only carried in urban situations. Not that there's no bad people in the wild, but I figured the odds were in my favor. Not anymore. I'd probably carry an AR pistol with drum mags the next time I go hiking way out there.